Hello listeners, welcome to the I Am Fit podcast and I am your host Ruben J. Pandian. Everyone is meant to be fit is the fundamental philosophy of the I Am Fit podcast. The sad demise of Dean Jones came as a shocker to sports lovers across the world. Professor Dino, player par excellence, a great proponent of the game, took sports commentary to the next level. Chronic ailment does take a toll. It drives home the point, the importance of living a fit and healthy life. It is now for all to imbibe the I am fit identity. It can't be optional. Today we speak to another corporate who altered course and redefined himself as an Iron Man. His friends say that he would either do nothing or give it his everything once he decides on something. The fear factor of getting into an open water is something which most people go through a fairly rigorous training to get over that fear. Uh, two days prior to the event uh, and you know I, I just uh, stood there uh, just about to enter the uh, waters. I literally froze. Our guest for today, Suraj Walia, passionate ultra runner and a triathlete. His overall grit, foresightedness and ethical behavior towards discipline makes him what he is today, an Iron Man. A true example of creating an I am fit identity and living it come what may. Suraj's philosophy, push yourself as no one else is going to do it for you. Uh, so welcome Suraj to the I am fit podcast. For the listeners, Suraj comes in a small package but packs in an extra large punch. On the trail, he's dynamite. And what is interesting about Suraj is unlike other Iron Men, Suraj is almost a solo mercenary, self-motivated, almost self-trained and driven. A drive that took you to the Malaysia Iron Man finish line in style. Thank you so much, Rubin, for having me here. It's been a pleasure interacting with you over the last couple of weeks and I look forward to having a great chat here with you. Thanks, Suraj. I'm sure the listeners will get uh, nuggets that would put them onto the triathlete road, if not turn them into Ironman. You started at the age of 29, uh, fairly sedentary lifestyle before that. A restart earlier than most. Typically, most people kind of tend to restart their uh, fitness journey or running journey somewhere in the mid-30s. You decided to get that little thing a bit earlier than other people. Why so? And uh, share with us this incredible journey. Um, so, Ruben, yes, you're right. You know, um, when I was about 29 odd, you know, I, I started realizing that, you know, uh, typically after your college, uh, you, you were sort of too much into work and you were uh, living a lifestyle which was not healthy, uh, no workouts, no exercises, no walks, nothing, and you were putting on weight. And, uh, you know, that's when just to lose my weight, I started uh, running and then, um, you know, I, I was, I got up to about 8 to 10K during my initial few weeks or months of running. And then eventually one fine day, you know, I met someone, he suggested, you know, you can run 10K, fine, why don't you try a half marathon? There is one happening in Airtel Delhi. I think that was 2007. Um, I was like, I haven't gone beyond 10K ever. He said, you know, I think you'll do fine. And, you know, I, I went for the run, did that first one in two hours, 13 minutes. That was like, you know, I've achieved yeah, the peaks of Mount Everest. You know, that was an amazing feeling. And that's how Good I sort time. of got uh, uh, really started. Yeah. Lovely. Uh, then on you realize you're a good runner and you kept getting faster and doing a 21 became easier for you. And then you started becoming moving towards the marathons and then the ultra marathons. Yeah, so Ruben, you know, I, though, even though I got started in 2007, you know, 
I was still not a regular runner, you know, till about 2013, till about 2015 late, you know, I, I didn't re- really had the courage. So even though I was running half marathons for last seven, eight years, I didn't really have the courage to be able to do a full marathon. 42 kilometers used to be a, uh, a big roadblock in, in the back of my head. Um, I was doing well in my uh, half marathon distances. Uh, you know, I was like, let me give it a try. Let me just get off that block and see how I do. Um, that's when I ended up participating in a full in December 2015. And I, I, I completed in about four hours and three minutes. Um, at least the, the best part of the journey was that, you know, I could hit that distance. And then I think from that point on, um, there was no looking back uh, to the fact that, uh, you know, you, you can't do longer distances, you can't go longer in terms of, and, you know, it sort of became a way of life. So um, uh, then I continued my journey to be able to improve my times on the half marathon, the full marathon distances. Uh, and then eventually, uh, you know, I got an opportunity to be able to participate in a 12-hour stadium run in December of 2016 in Tiagaraja Stadium in New Delhi. Um, uh, so, you know, again, you know, beyond a full marathon, I hadn't run any other distances. Um, and uh, my strategy was very simple. You know, I'll, I'll see how my body is doing. How am I feeling about it? And, you know, in case I feel that I'm not able to endure that distance or that time, um, you know, I'll, I'll just quit. And there was no, you know, the format was such that, you know, you, you are supposed to be running for 12 hours, but if you don't feel all right or comfortable, you can quit anytime. You will just get to know how much distance you've covered. Um, so, you know, we, we started the stadium run, um, something I'd never done beyond four hours uh, from a run format perspective. I started running two hours, three hours, four hours, five hours, six hours. Uh, I think till about six hours, I was uh, absolutely all right. You know, didn't feel a thing. Um, the moment I started getting into the seventh hour, eighth hour, and then till about nine, you know, uh, again, uh, I think physically, I still didn't Mental feel that. Mental fatigue starts setting was, in. Yes. So, you know, mentally, it just starts hitting you. My goodness, you've been on your feet and legs for last nine hours, um, you know. And, uh, you know, I had this worry in the back of my head. Uh, you know, is is it going to impact me in any possible manner? Can I be injured? Can I be injuring my knees, legs, whatever? God knows what can happen to me. So there was this fear in the back of my head, though physically I was feeling absolutely fine. There was no pain whatsoever. Um, so I decided that, you know, let me slow down. Um, and uh, because of this mental thing, again, uh, I, I did a run, walk, run, walk. And uh, by the end of the day, as I got to know it uh, a day or two later, you know, I'd covered about 97.6 kilometers on those 12 hours. You know, uh, even before I jump into the Ironman journey thing, uh, the experience has been that, uh, yes, obviously you have to be physically fit. You have to keep your regimen on and you, you have to carry out your workouts and exercises and everything. But uh, beyond uh, physical, there is this big, huge mental game uh, which hits you every time you try to... Uh, go for a distance which you have never done uh, in the past. And uh, what I've also realized is that, you know, you'll physically sail through it as long as mentally you are strong to be able to take care of that. Uh, What made you change uh, lanes to say, here, let me give it a shot as a triathlete or an Ironman? Was it the tag of an Ironman or were there people around you you saw saying Ironman is something which I believe I can do? 
Um, so, uh, Ruben, as you initially also pointed out, you know, I've been mostly, uh, uh, you know, uh, single trainer in the sense that, you know, I have trained myself on my own um, through my pretty much the entire yes, journey. But, uh, a mercenary also gets a brief. Uh, I understand you can train yourself. I go, But why, why did you see this lane? Why didn't you see something else? Why didn't you get onto a track and say, I'm going to be an 800 meter athlete or a 400 meter athlete? Why did you go for... A triathlon. Uh, so, uh, you know, Ironman was something unique at that time. And, you know, I'd heard about Milin Soman in 2015, 2016. That's when he did his first Ironman. And uh, at that time, you know, it was not a very popular thing in India altogether. It was a different level of sport. And, you know, it was not, not a very regular thing. While uh, marathons, runs were, you know, still a prevalent form of the sport. So I think the uniqueness about the sport and the uh, little bit of enigma around it that, you know, not too many people had done it. Um, you know, made me feel a little excited about it. And also the fact that, you know, it's not really a uh, mainstream thing. So, uh, you know, you, you try to do something which is a little more unique, which is not so mainstream in nature. And at the same time, you try to pick up uh, certain new skills. Um, so you sort decided of, this sometime uh, in 2017 or post that? Um, so... Uh, the the ultra marathon run that I did in 2016 December that was sort of a tester for me whether I can stand on my legs for as many hours or not. So after uh, the 12 hour thing, uh, you know, I was pretty sure that I wanted to pick up uh, this thing and you know wanted to get it done in uh, 2017, maybe later part. Um, and that's when I you know ended up buying a bicycle early in 2017, I think in January. Um, but, uh, you know, in the first maybe three, four weeks of cycling, you know, I ended up, uh, breaking my wrist, uh, on a sort of a road accident. Uh, so it sort of slowed me down and, you know, I had to do recovery and stuff. Really? What happened? Why don't you tell us something about your, uh, wrist injury? Was it while training or was it just a freak accident? No, it, it was while training. Uh, and, but you know, the, the thing was that uh, I was also new to the sport. Uh, bicycling was the first thing that I was uh, trying to do after such a long time. And, you know, eventually it just so happened that there was a car which was coming in absolutely from the wrong direction. It just came all of a sudden that I had to pull up brakes, get on the side. And, you know, I ended up suffering a fall and broke my uh, left wrist. So the learning of the day was that, you know, when you're on a bicycle, uh, you have to be extreme and absolutely careful about, you know, your left, right, front and back all the directions you otherwise the you don't know what the is food chain on the on the delhi <laughs> you are the, bang on you are the lowest in the food chain anything can come and hit you anytime so uh, it, it took about four months of recovery brought in a larger fear in my head that uh, you know this is dangerous uh, uh, you know you may be risking your life you have family, uh, kids, uh, so many people looking for you. Um, so, uh, you know, even getting rid of that fear to an extent was uh, not easy. It took some time for me to be able to get that fear out of my head and get back to uh, the training on a regular basis. So how many hours do you end up spending? So from 2017, you had a setback, minor setback with this accident, uh, more from the mind space because the mind is the one which takes a longer time to break away and say, yes, I'm ready. But typically, uh, you did your uh, Ironman in 2018, am I correct? Yes, November, Malaysia. So that's yes. about a year's, I mean, from 2017 to 2018, less than a year. How did you manage that? That's the typical question people would ask. 
the fact that you're a busy corporate as well so it's that the limited time that you own is early in the morning or late in the evening everything else is owned yes. by corporates <laughs> exactly very true so um, you know since i was doing it for the first time i was new to two streams out of the three um and uh, you know there was a busy corporate life uh, altogether uh, so you know answering the first one how how many hours you know i had to put in more hours than a typical uh, you know person who is going for the event who is relatively familiar with this two streams or three streams out of the three so you know it easily uh, you, at least 6 months prior to the event maybe 6 to 8 months prior to the event i would anyway easily including the core strengthening and everything i would end up spending easily about 14 to 15 hours in a in a week Uh, uh without any compromise on it now uh, you know weekdays uh, are very difficult to get your hours in so you know weekdays it would be a maximum of you know 1 to 1 and a half hours most of my mileage uh, would come in over the weekend so saturday early mornings sunday early mornings uh, when you'll start way too early maybe 3 o'clock 3 am in the morning or 4 am in the morning and then you'll you'll have 5 to 6 hours at a stretch um and that's how i ended up pulling my um, time in because almost like 70% of my training ended up happening over the weekends um, i got back into my uh, cycling mainstream pretty much uh, became uh, you know a regular at it by the end of 2017 i hadn't picked up swimming till then um, so i enrolled for swimming sometime in february 2018 um, and uh, considering you would take 6 to 8 months to be able to learn swim and you know be an endurance swimmer uh malaysia turned out to be good in the sense that it it still gave me a window of 8 9 months it was due in november though the challenge with malaysia is that you know it's considered to be uh, one of the top 3 toughest ironman races in the world because of its terrain because of its weather conditions and stuff um but you know i was like i have to do it in 2018 i'm not going to be delaying it beyond that and uh, but i did not enroll for the event uh, till about may 2018 Uh, till the time i became confident that okay yes i can swim that 3.8 kilometers of the distance and uh, yeah that's how it sort of uh, went uh, you know it, it was almost like a meditation for me when i was on my bike or was running my long distances or even when i was in the pool so you know i i sort of felt liberated hands around uh, and obviously my true. in fact all the iron man i've spoken to very clearly say in a normal avatar they might be agitated but once they get into the groove uh, into their flow they are so much at peace which i think uh, only this small community in india so far has experienced it i believe uh, and i i'm sure in the next months and many years we'll have many joining this community and uh, experience this what we call as being in the flow uh, that's meditative uh, the fear factor of getting into an open water is something which Uh, most people go through a fairly rigorous training to get over that fear and you did mention that you went in without any training and jumped into the lankavi sea how did you manage to do um, that um so uh, you know my coach at swim was fantastic what he simply told me was the rules of swim won't rain, change you know so as long as you stay confident in the open water you'll be fine the, the good part with the thing was that the event was on saturday and the water uh, course uh, some part of the water course uh, was going to be open for the athletes to practice on a thursday and a friday so my plan was to get into the water to to be prepared for that so that you know i don't feel uh, strange when i get into it on uh, saturday on the event day uh, 
two days prior to the event uh, and you know i i just uh, stood there uh, just about to enter the waters i literally froze riven um um it was one of the most uh, shocking experiences of my life uh, you know even though i thought it would be not a difficult one because you know i had trained hard enough from a swim perspective uh, but you know i literally froze looking at that vast water body um and uh, you know I, I, and i turned back i looked back you know my family my kids my wife uh, they were all there and um, they they could also possibly uh, see that you know i was not very comfortable there uh, and you know there there were these multiple other athletes who were coming in and getting into the water and moving past and i was like uh, this is one of the most curious things i would have ever signed up for uh, you know i was honestly i was cursing myself that you know I, i've got myself into something uh, not so safe you know i, I you know I, i was cursing myself for a couple of seconds that i shouldn't have done this i shouldn't have signed up for this and stuff uh took some courage and just took a you know dig into the water started moving um you know i had trained for bilateral breathing you know uh, all went for a toss i was uh, just breathing on one side i was comfortable on um uh, you know i practiced well for sighting and i was pretty much sighting all the time I had very difficult uh, time in that first 400 plus 400 meters of uh, distance that uh, i had to cover you know i i felt as if i pretty much took eternity to do that and you know when i came out of the water uh, and interestingly during that first uh, thing you know when you are in deep waters uh, you know i i was just trying i was initially scared to open my eyes in the water and then eventually was just trying to open my eyes in the water to see if you see any fishes any sea animals or any any such thing it was just deep you know uh, you couldn't really see anything so uh, somehow managed that first run on thursday um uh and you know the entire evening i literally had that water in the back of my head and nothing else on the night even the dreams those uh, those choppy waters were coming the head um next day was much better i could get into the water with much more confidence um and uh, you know i somehow gradually picked up my uh, pace as well so it worked out well so was much better prepared for the event day in the second loop of the event uh it started raining very heavily i got kicked uh, on my face my glasses goggles got off which is a standard one which is not uh, something unheard of uh, but uh, you know um, i think i was just about 700 800 meters from my uh, distance being completed and it it became so choppy that you know there are these kayaks which are lined up on both sides of uh, the swim uh, course that is there uh, you know they they couldn't control themselves you know they were coming uh, close to the athletes and you know uh, sometimes athletes were not able to maneuver i was not able to maneuver myself because the water was pretty much uh, shaking you as if you are in some kind of a chopper or a washing machine or some kind of a dishwasher uh, just about to hit a kayak or something and uh, eventually uh, just uh, brought up some courage um, kept on holding myself took much longer than you know one would have expected but uh, eventually came out all the hard training uh, all the hard work paid off but uh, even when uh, i got off the water the head was so bouncy so shaky uh, i didn't really take much time in my transition hardly 5 6 minutes and i was out um, i was in a hurry to get on the bike and stuff uh, because i didn't know what's going to be holding up for uh, the subsequent distances 
and you know i had uh, about two falls in the first maybe 15 20 kilometers because uh, the head was so shaky and it was raining pretty much at that time so and it took some time for me to uh, sort of settle down on the bike and then uh, continue that journey interesting i mean kudos to you uh okay. a lone ranger self trained now is a certified ironman coach how have you taken this new mantle uh it's been a it's been a fantastic journey ruben so uh, uh you know i've been associated with yoshka with deepak raj uh, for uh, more than 18 months now um and uh, uh, you know deepak himself uh, is a fantastic athlete he's a fantastic coach and uh, you know uh, it's it's been a great journey because uh you know i get to be in touch with a lot of budding athletes i get to share my learnings with them my experiences with them but at the same time i get to learn a lot from uh, the athletes so uh, it, it's a it's it's a both ways relationship the way it works out uh, becoming certified from ironman university has been a fantastic journey in the first place because um lot of fundamentals lot of concepts lot of technicalities um got into my head you know as i went through this training program and you know they have these master coaches who are like you know multiple time world champions and you know uh, their multiple podcast videos etc that you get to see as part of the entire training program over a period of 5 months uh, and look forward to uh, using all of that in future and already trying to do that with uh, the athletes that i train with typically what age group of athletes are you training the age group varies from anywhere between 21 22 years old to about 63 64 65 years old folks a lady she was 55 years old and uh, she was preparing for uh, this and she was the only one in her age group then there was a gentleman he was i think 62 or 61 years old and uh, he was preparing for a triathlon for the first time he'd just been a runner and you know he successfully completed it outstanding so pe- people like us have still have a lot of hope and time to cover all these distances plenty of hope plenty of time uh, yeah, there are so many motivations in the world what about diets have you tried out new diets more protein less protein um, more fat less fat get into a keto phase where you just drive in fat and drive out carbohydrates I- i'm pretty uh, organized in that sense as i may call it and you know ever since i've done my coaching certification it has made me even more structured on the diet part and on everyday basis you know what i would always do is um, you know i would track my calories i would track uh, and you know further at a granular level i'll track my protein carbs fats fiber intake on a very regular basis i'm a vegetarian and i try to go for natural means and ways of making sure that my body is getting a uh, sufficient uh, protein carbs fiber fats whatever i need for my body to be staying strong and uh, being performing at whatever level i want to perform so uh, my my ritual is that uh, you know i would be tracking my meals on everyday basis and uh, you know in case there's a shortfall you know i would try and attempt to cover for it in a very very natural manner uh you know if it means having extra glass of milk or you know getting a slice of paneer or you know eating extra uh, bowl of dal than trying to go for a scoop of a protein um but yeah you know in certain cases when you know you're traveling you're out for work and stuff like that and you don't really have those means then definitely you know you would end up 
uh, going for some of these alternate sources uh, yeah. to take care of you. Balance the yeah. diet, yeah. yeah. As they say, movement and pain gets mapped. Uh, you've gone through this endurance. Uh, uh, you do have injuries and the body is uh, a big family. And one body part gets injured, the other one come, all of them kind of come to protect it. And in due course, what happens is someone gets overprotected and the other one takes the brunt of it. How does it happen? How does your mind, for the listeners, if you can just give us some advice in terms of how do you break out of this? And uh, a lot of people I know kind of struggle with this and uh, kind of get trapped in that mapping. How do you break this neural mapping? So, uh, uh, Ruben, um, you know, so injury is a very, very standard part and parcel of being an athlete. Um, uh, uh, you know, no matter how much careful you may be in each and every aspect of the sport that you play, no matter how much, uh, you know, careful you are in terms of diets, meals, everything, injuries are going to happen. You can't run away from it. And, uh, uh, you know, the, the way... I have trained myself, even, you know, when I speak right now, there are a couple of these injuries, which uh, honestly have not been able to recover for more than 18 months now. Um, it's, it's, it's a very, very standard part of life. Um, you, you have to find alternates for you to be able to train strong and well. So, you know, right now, uh, about two and a half, three months back, you know, when I was trying to participate in a virtual Ironman uh, event, you know, uh, there are a lot of these VR series, which, which are happening. You may have heard of it. I was just trying to run uh, a fast 10K as part of that journey. Uh, injured my left knee and uh, it's been in trouble and pain since then. I've not been able to do a fast run ever since for more than last two months now. Uh, now, what happens as a consequence of it, the only thing that has been happening as a consequence of it is that, you know, I've not been able to run fast, but uh, have I stopped running? Have I reduced my volume? I haven't stopped running. I haven't... Uh, I have compromised a little bit on my running volume. You know, I'm a little more careful about the poster that I'm running with. I'm careful about the pace at which I'm trying to run, but uh, I haven't stopped running. I've spent started spending a little more time on my cycling so that I get a little more recovery. The, I think the message is that as long as uh, you can endure it, as long as you can um, take care of your body and you don't aggravate it, um, you know, these would continue to happen. You have to uh, sort of leverage on some of these. So the left leg uh, is troubled right now. So you, you try to weigh in a little more on the right leg. You try to keep uh, focused on uh, keeping a slower pace. You try to keep focus on, uh, you know, taking care of your volumes for that duration of time. And gradually uh, these injuries heal themselves. And then, um, then you balance it off. Then you balance it off. Uh, one challenge with me always has been that I've never been comfortable visiting a doctor or a physio, even though, you know, I'm the first one to advise my athletes that they should uh, see a physio or athlete the moment they feel or they uh, fear that there is some kind of an injury. Um, but uh, I've been relatively trying to keep myself away from doctors to the extent possible. And I I have experienced it, even though my uh, injuries at times stay for a little longer than expected. But, uh, you know, as long as, uh, you know, you, you're consistent at your sport and you don't try to aggravate it, they go away over a period of time. Your body doesn't stop. It, it, it's, it's, it's a fantastic machine. It just keeps going. Absolutely. Endurance is about suffering. As they say, I mean, in the people, people. <laughs> so as Amelia Boone says, I am not the strongest, I'm not the fastest, but I'm really good at suffering. She's one of the greatest muddlers uh, the world has seen. 
I think at least in the next 6 to yes. 12 months, we'll have more uh, aspiring uh, Ironmen coming out of the country. And uh, Suraj, thanks so much and don't stop spinning. Uh, this is Ruben J. Pandian and I am fit. Thank you so much, Ruben. Pleasure talking to you. Thank you so much.